Welcome to the Fox River Podcast. We are a church with a heart for people and the message of Jesus. It is our desire that you'll be drawn closer to God through today's teaching. To access notes from today's message, go to foxriverchristian.org slash message. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, we actually have three ways that we are gathering right now. We're gathering outdoors at Waukesha and outdoor services. We're gathering indoors at Muskego, and then we're gathering everywhere through our online campus. And for those of you who are joining with us and are part of the online campus right now, that's your way of connecting with us. I just want you to know how glad I am for that, and especially that we can do so together today. Now, the truism goes that you don't know what you don't know. And that is one of the reasons that God has given to us his word. It's often referred to as the revelation of God. In other words, God is revealing to us that which we don't know, but he wants us to know. As we've come into this particular series called Spoiler Alerts, there are certain spoilers, that is, um, revelations of how things turn out or how things end, end times, that God wants us to know about. A couple of the reasons that we've noted for that. One, he wants us to know for insight and understanding. Two, though, he wants us to be able to have hope. Hope in discouraging times, difficult times, that we're going to need these spoilers he's giving to us. And then, of course, um, three, that it would impact our lives right now. This weekend's spoiler is really a breathtaking one. I'm going to take us to the last book in the Bible, the book of Revelation, and here God shares with us these words. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence, and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. The spoiler that God shares with us is that hell is real and it is possible to go there. Now, I couldn't agree more with what Peter Kreef has said about this. He said, of all the doctrines in Christianity, hell is probably the most difficult to defend, the most burdensome to believe, and the first to be abandoned. I have seen conversations on hell go terribly bad. Mike and Cindy had been invited out by Jeff and Jennifer to go to church with them. Mike and Jeff actually worked together. Mike and Cindy came, and they really enjoyed the service. In fact, they came back the next week, and the next week, and the week after. They were soon asking how they could become a part of the church that we have going here. So we set up a time that we could talk as they said they had a few questions they wanted to ask. And as we sat down together, I can tell you, the first hour was really, really good. And as we're wrapping things up, Cindy asked this question, though it was more of a statement. She said, now, you don't believe in hell here, do you? 
my response was, well, hell is in the Bible. And then Cindy, in a quite a demeanor change, said, I could never believe in a God who would send people to hell or be a part of a church that believed in it. Now, at that moment, it would have been really a wise thing for me to do if I would have just paused, asked some questions, tried to find out a little bit more the strong response and where Cindy was coming from. But for some reason, I thought, I'll just kind of cut to the chase. And so I said, well, Jesus said hell was real. And because hell's mentioned in the Bible, you'd actually have to take scissors to it if you're going to take that out. So it's kind of like it's just a take it or leave it thing. You want to guess what Jeff and Cindy did? Yeah. Unfortunately, they chose to leave it. I could say, and in, in my defense, if I was being defensive, you know, I was just giving the truth. But as I've reflected back on that, I was giving truth but really not much of the grace that was to go with it. And what I've learned, what I hope to be able to share, and I hope it is so helpful to you today. In fact, I hope the help that you get compounds and turns out helping scores and scores of others. Some of the things that that I wish that I would have been able to share with Jeff and Cindy and I just want to pass these on to us um, this weekend. So let's go back to the spoiler. God said concerning the end times and at this point in which we enter eternity that hell is real and it is possible to go there. Now, let me give us six insights that just kind of all connect together and help us to understand what it is that God wants for us to understand when it comes to this whole understanding of hell and why it was that he shared this particular spoiler with us. The first one is this, that Jesus tells us, Jesus was the one that tells us that hell was real. He taught on it, he shared it with others. Jesus said that hell was created for the devil and for his angels. You see, hell actually came into being before the creation of man and woman. Second insight connects right to that, and that's this, that sin Well, it's real as well. It exists. Sin is not an oops, but sin is a choice. It's something that will be given account for, or in other words, there'll be judgment about it. We all have in us this innate sense of right and wrong. We know what that is. And we also know when somebody chooses to sin against us or violate what's wrong, And when we are wronged, we feel this sense of that needs to be judged or this justice that's there. Because sin exists and that it is a choice, God said in his righteousness that there needs and there will be a righteous judgment for it. Third fact is that everyone is going to spend eternity somewhere. So I get a chance to look at you right now Every single person seeing me, every single person um, hearing my voice right now, understand that you 
are a living and an eternal soul. That's what it means in part to be made in the image of God. Though your body sometime will shut down, it will die, your spirit, your soul is going to continue to live forever, either in the place we call heaven or that place of hell. Which brings us right into this fourth important insight. And that is that God, God himself will do everything possible short of violating your free will to keep you from going to hell. Let me just say that again. God has made this commitment. Jesus declared this, that he will do everything possible up to violating your free will to keep you from hell. Brings me right to that fifth insight, which is Jesus has been willing to pay the price of our sin and literally suffer hell for us in order to save us from it. When Jesus was upon the cross, he was there to pay that price, to go to that place for me. He was wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquity. The payment or the chastisement of my sin was upon him, and the scripture says, by his stripes that I'm healed. The gospel could not be clear about this, that Christ died for our sins. He died for my sins. He died for your sins, according to the scripture. He was buried, that he rose again the third day. Only Jesus as God would be able to pay the price and to suffer the consequence of hell for us. And it's on the cross that we really get a glimpse to the horrificness of what hell was like. Not simply that physical suffering that Jesus went through, but hell and the worst part of it is that it will be the absence of God and everything that God brings with him in our lives. You may remember these words of Jesus on the cross when he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? God literally turned his back and he was without. Jesus was without God and incurred not only the wrath of God, but the void of God in his life for you and for me. I hope the gospel is never the same. Now, once we understand again what it is that Jesus was willing to do and to suffer for us, which takes me right to that sixth insight, which is this, that God doesn't choose for any man or woman to go to hell, though many will still end up there. Now, all six of these insights, so much more we could say, but we've put them in the notes in our app, so you could just kind of go back and to look at what it is that God wants you to know about this. If I were to ask you the question right now, have you ever said out loud, and forgive my language, I wish you would just go to hell? Or have you ever thought in your mind regarding someone I hope that they burn in hell. Ever done that? Ever come to your mind? If so, it was because you were angry, somebody had done something to wound you, something that something hurt you, somebody offended you. One of the things that we need to know about God is that he has never done that. He has never said or wished that anyone would go to hell. 
In fact, the scriptures are so clear that God, he's not slow when it comes to his promises, but he is rather long-suffering toward us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that everyone should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone ever to go there. In fact, these words of Jesus, I think give us the greatest understanding into the heart of God and what it is that God wants for us. In John chapter three, verse 16, Jesus said this, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not, say it with me, should not perish. What does that mean? That they shouldn't die and go to hell. God sent his son so that we would not perish, but rather have everlasting life. One of the reasons that we declare with such conviction and passion around here at time that our heart is people and our message is Jesus is because Jesus declared it with such conviction that God's heart is people. His message is Jesus, and that's why he sent his son. Verse 17 goes on to say this. God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but rather that all the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And listen, and this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, but that men love darkness rather than light, neither will they come to the light lest their deeds be reproved. Here's what it is that Jesus wants everyone to understand, that God gives each and every person, the light that they need to be able to come to him. All men, all women, all points in history, all places in the world, deepest, darkest place in Africa, the Antarctica, Arctica itself, everywhere, God gives to people the light they need to come to him. Now, what does that mean? He gives to them the light to understand that he is, and he gives with that a pull toward him. If we, if anyone, will respond to the light that God gives to them, God will give to them more light and more light. And he will give to each and every person all the light that they need in order to come to him and to receive the redemption that Jesus has made possible for us. That is the love of God. That is the commitment of God for us. I think it's so important just in this understanding that it is not fear, but rather love that would draw a person to God. I've shared on a few occasions before um, from my story, the night that I first heard the gospel, there was a young preacher that was up on stage, I'll never forget, pointed his finger back and it seemed like he was pointing right at me and said, and you're a sinner and your sin is gonna take you straight to hell. And my thought was this, and I'm gonna show you just how much of a sinner I am because as soon as this is done, I am gonna kick the blankety blankety out of you. And that was my intention. It was a little bit later that I began to hear about the love of Jesus that night. The love that Jesus had for me, what he was willing to do and why he was willing to do it. And you know, it was not out of a fear of going to hell that I was willing to kind of be called out and come forward that night, but out of a love and a response for the love that Jesus had for me, I gladly got down on my knees that night and repented of my sin and asked Jesus for the grace 
that he could make available for a sinner like me. Romans chapter two, verse number four says this. It is the goodness of God. It is the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. Fear does not make for a good follower of Jesus. Fear of hell, if that's why a person would come to him, they are not going to want to follow us after a disciple of him. But if a person comes in through the love of Jesus, that is when a person is willing to give their life for what it is that Jesus has for them. It is so much right back to why we do what we do, the way we do it here at Fox River. Sometimes people ask about, you know, why do we do this and why do we do that? A lot of times we can kind of, you know, sum things up by saying, because our heart is people and our message is Jesus, we, have, we, we are purposeful on trying to keep focused on those that are unchurched and those that are de-churched and those that have, those that have never been churched before. I put it this way, we, we try to pay attention to those that are on the outside and haven't been able to come in yet because those of us who are on the inside of church already, for the most part, we understand what it is to have eternal life. But those that are on the outside, and please don't hear inside, outside in the wrong way, don't hear what I'm not saying, but those that aren't here yet, those that are out and afar, they are not yet recipients of eternal life. If they died today, they would go to hell. And I hope that our heart will be as compassionate for those as God's heart, as Jesus' heart was for us. I am so thankful that I can't remember the last week that we have gone without at least one person coming and receiving Jesus Christ as their savior. One of the reasons that we sacrifice, I mean, we give, we sacrifice, we do what we do, is to be able to help those that don't know Jesus yet to enter in to have that life that God wants for them and to have all that God wants to be doing in their lives as well. God's desire, Jesus' desire for us is that we join with him on this mission that he has to rescue people from that which would keep them from eternal life and bring them to him. In fact, Jesus said this. He said that you are God's light to others. Remember how God gives light out to each and every one. Jesus said, you are the light of the world. I want you to let your light so shine so that men may see your good works and they will glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is saying this, I want you to show God's love and I want you to share God's love with others. In fact, he said, I am calling you to join in the mission just as the Father has called me to be able to do so. That's why we would invite our friends. That's why at work, we want to be able to serve others and in our community to make a difference. We show the love so that we can again share that love that Jesus has for us and that he wants for us. We have just in a couple of weeks coming up a unique way in which you could let your light shine. 
If you haven't been baptized yet with believer's baptism, now don't confuse that with infant baptism. You may have been baptized as a baby, but what Jesus asked is that everyone who has received him, trusted him as savior, after that time would be baptized with believer's baptism. One of the reasons Jesus asks us to do that is so that we will be light to others. It's a public proclaiming of our faith, but it's also putting it out there so that other people are asked like, hey, what happened to you? What has Jesus done for you? Why are you doing what you're doing? And it gives us one more opportunity just to be able to show and to share that light. So if you haven't, I hope that you'll say yes, and in two weeks, You'll join with us either at Waukesha or Muskego for one of those outdoor baptism services. Everything will be as safe as it possibly can, but it will be a light show that's going on that day. And I hope that you'll invite a friend just to be able to come out to be with you, something to be able to talk with them about. I want to tie everything together. I'm going to ask you to participate with me in just a moment. Remember these words. We said these insights that God doesn't choose for any man or woman to go to hell, though many do end up there. I'm going to ask, I know it's a little unusual because, you know, you might be there at home and you still got your cereal bowl in front of you. You're just going to set that aside right now. I'm going to ask that you um, stand up with me, and in a minute, I'm going to ask you to say something with me at the same time. So if you want to put your stuff aside, um, kind of stand up wherever you're at, if that's possible. I want, you, I want you to say with me these words. Over my dead body. Okay? That's what we're going to say together, all right? So I'm, I see you standing, all right? Hope you're standing. You need to stand up still. Thank you. Um, ready? Over my dead body. Right? One more time, a little more conviction. Over my dead body. Now, we're not done yet, because now we need to stretch out our arms. The reason that we say, over my dead body, if you've ever said those words before, is because you are standing between someone, the one that you're talking to, and something that you don't want them to have any part of whatsoever. And so you say, over my dead body. Now, with your arms outstretched, I want you to hear what it is that Jesus speaks today. And he would say this, over my dead body. Though I know you understand, we're going to modify this. Jesus actually puts it this way, over my resurrected body. The only way that a person is going to be able to get to hell, Jesus said, is over my resurrected body. You are going to have to go around me in order to get there. You are going to have to go around and reject the light that God has given to you, the love of God in your life, the grace of God in your life, the calling and the pulling that God has done in your life. Because God has done everything he possibly can short of violating your will so that you will not perish but that you would have everlasting life. So I spent several hours just preparing and going over hell and the terribleness and how that just, you can see how that impacts me. I come away from this today, the thing that I wish I could have so conveyed to Cindy, I have never been so overwhelmed by the love of God in my life. 
of everything that he has done and he is doing in this activeness in the world today. Everything that he can do to keep a person out of hell. And so if you haven't trusted Jesus yet as your savior, for the love of God, I hope that you do that today. If you've trusted Jesus, the believer, Jesus has called you. Join me in being light to others. Show my love. Share my love. Tell your story. Bring another with you when you come. Have them sit with you. Build your watch party at home. And let's pray and let's work that one more today and tomorrow and after and after each other would come into that glorious love of God and the reception of Jesus. Would you pray with me? Thank you, God, that you are doing everything possible to keep every single person from an eternity in hell. For those right now, Jesus, just with this awakening of what you have done for them, may their response be to you, not out of a fear, but out of a true going like, I can't believe I'm that loved by you, Jesus. I have sinned and I call upon you for forgiveness in repentance. Forgive me. And again, Bring me into a new living relationship with your father, God. If that's your prayer, would you just chat that back to us, please? And Jesus, may we understand a little bit more your heart for us as followers of yours. And we do everything that we can possibly do as we join you so that no one would perish, but that all would come to have eternal life. That is our mission. Help us in it for your glory. And all God's people said, amen. We hope you were encouraged today. Subscribe to the Fox River podcast to ensure you don't miss future messages. Stay connected through our social media channels on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And of course, make a difference in the lives of those you know by sharing with them. We are grateful for you and hope you join us again soon.